Well, we want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Today, Rhonda, we get to have a little chat. Isn't it so good? It's so good. In the midst of all the busyness and all the work and all the details and all the lists. How many lists do you have going right now? Well, I, I won't even say how many <laughs> post-it notes I have on my desk. It's a lot. All the lists, all the checklists. It's so good, though. I know. But if I it's know. not written down, it's gone. I don't no. know if you're at that stage. Oh if it's gosh. not written down, oh no. it's gone. So, oh, same, <laughs> same, same. I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. People will be like, hey, can you do this for me? Can you pass this along? I'm like, I can't. I won't remember. I will not remember. I'm so sorry. I yeah. won't remember. You need to email me. Yes. I yes. am not even going to yes. say, sure, I'll email you. I don't yeah. say that anymore. Email me. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So yes, it is nice that we get to come and have a little conversation today. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, um, you know, recently we participated in the Global Leadership Summit and heard some of the leadership talks and they were fantastic. And one of the questions that came out from one of the talks was, you know, if you had a do-over, like if there was something in your life that you could redo, um, what would it be? And oh, I started to think about that question. And it's an interesting question because it kind of leans into this space of regret. It kind of leans into this space of like, you know, when you look back on your life or you think about the various things that have happened over your life, are there some things that you wish you had the chance to do over again? And if you did, knowing what you know now, would you go back and do things differently? And so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that today. I think that's a great one. And I it actually like really naturally segues into something that just happened to me too at the house. I just had this moment even with the girls. Like sometimes you have regret years later and sometimes we feel it right after. Sometimes regret starts as you open your mouth at <laughs> the first word <laughs> comes out you're like I'm gonna regret this but I'm doing it anyway how much has that's happened to me before right you're like don't do it don't do it don't say it don't say it and you're like I'm gonna regret this but I'm saying it and then after you're like ah why did I do that right oh yeah has that happened definitely but I had this conversation with the girls and it literally was this whole in this past season of regret of just feeling like I'm missing this opportunity as they're growing up and I can get really annoyed with things that I can focus on. I, my parents never had adults living in the house. I'm now living in that. My kids are growing up. They're still in the house. It's amazing. But you can focus on the wrong thing. And there's times I, I just do. I actually do. I just focus on the wrong thing. So speaking about regret, I had this conversation with about a week ago where I literally stood in the kitchen and just started crying, saying like, I feel like I'm already regretting <laughs> that I'm missing this season because I recognize like, you know, since the summer we weren't able, there's just lots going on with the house and everything that we just kind of, the season has kind of turned into here we are in November. I feel like I've had limited time with them, not as much intentional time, but a bit more preoccupied, not present with what's going on in their own lives. And I was in the kitchen just crying like, I feel like right now I'm failing as a mom. And it was actually so beautiful because they both were like, mom, we love you. You're not, you've got a lot going on. But I'm like, still, like I'm regretting that I'm not with you. And I know there's lots happening, but that could even happen. Sometimes even just circumstances you recognize in the moment that this is happening. And so I think regret happens to all of us. It sneaks up on us. Sometimes we we choose to move forward into it knowing that we're going to regret it, but it is an interesting topic and all the emotions that it brings. But it's a beautiful place of us just to lean into of once again, it goes back to, are we in a season? Are we in a life 
narrative of perfection or striving, or I am I in a life narrative of I'm in training, and am I able to own things I've done, but learn from it, but lean into the vulnerability of it, confess it, repent of it, have honest conversations, and be able to grow through it and heal through it and not carry regret like somehow this is now a scar or something that I, for the rest of my life, this burden I meant to bear. So it's an interesting topic. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Lori, as we unpack this. Yes. Oh, it is. It is. I love that you shared that story and even just recognizing that in a recent season, being able to recognize in the season, hey, I'm not like doing this the way that I want. I love that. And I think that's almost the best case scenario for how we want to process our regrets or the things that, you know, we recognize, oh my goodness, this is not going the way that I want, the way that I've planned, the way that I imagined, the way that I've dreamed. This is not the person I want to be. Like to recognize that in the present moment while that's happening is like such a gift. It doesn't always happen that way. And, and, and funny enough, this conversation for you and me and our personalities, and we often reference kind of our way of thinking is so interesting because you and I have this amazing way of sort of blocking out <laughs> all the bad things, everything negative, all goodbye. The, the regrets, all the right. And, yes, and sort yes. of having this like revisionist history of like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Oh, that season wasn't that hard. Or, you know, again, putting the rose colored glasses on and looking back with, you know, only pulling out what was learned or the good parts or, you know, so even this question sort of leans into a space of like, ooh, okay, that's actually difficult to go back and be able to pull out, you know, some of the pieces of like, wow, yeah, no, I really wish I could have handled that differently. The other thing this question plays into, and I actually like the question and the way that it's formed, even differently than what are your regrets? Because I like how the question frames it on taking responsibility. If you had a do-over, because I think sometimes when we look back on our lives, we often look back to the things that happened to us or the circumstances that we navigated or went through that were really hard, that we just actually wish we never had to go through at all. Right, right. And when we look back on those things and if we get stuck there, especially if it's something that kind of came to us circumstantially or happened to us, if we get stuck there, we can really get like blocked or locked or held back in a season, held back to bitterness, anger, resentment, you know, disappointment, all of these things, unmet dreams, unmet expectations, all of these things can really hold us back. But I love the question because it says if you could have a do-over. So it puts this sense of responsibility. And so it's I think it's important even as we have this conversation or think about our past that we think about and recognize the things that are within our ability to make changes in, like within our ability to take ownership of, as opposed to the circumstances that have come upon us that really came outside of ourselves that we have no control over. Mm. We only have control over how we respond to what happens to us, not actually what happens to us. So it can be like, it can really trip us up when we start to think about the past and we start to think about just the things that are like, ah, just so difficult to process that not everything really is within our power to control, but what is? And mm. and when you think about it like that, what can I take responsibility for? What can I, if I had a do-over, it helps us to move forward from 
what has happened to us. It helps us not to be just a victim of our circumstance, but actually say, okay, how am I going to respond to that? What am I going to learn from that? Mm -hmm. If I had it to do over again, how could I have responded differently? Or what have I learned now that I didn't see then? I, I like the empowerment of it. I think it's a very empowering question. And I like when things are framed that way. The other thought that I had, you know, when it comes to thinking back through our past, I remember years and years ago, I did this exercise where you kind of um, list out every negative or difficult or painful thing that has ever happened to you and you rate it on a scale of one to 10. And then you go back over the list and you ask God to show you a redemptive perspective on every single thing that has happened. And I remember doing this exercise and going through and just listing. And I mean, it's everything from like, you know, a, like difficult things that have happened in high school, rejections, failures, um, to like bigger emotional things, to losses, to going through, you know, family crisis, to like ministry things, like all kinds of the, both the biggest, the 10, you know, the 10 regrets, the really, really hard things. And also the, just the lighthearted, you know, I got made fun of kind of lighter, you know, things in, in your story. And I remember as I went through, you know, and prayed about this and really invited God into all of these painful things, he really did give me a redemptive perspective on all of those things. And when you receive a redemptive perspective mm. on something difficult or negative that you've been through, it actually takes it from being a regret and gives you this ability to see God's redemptive plan in it, see God's story unfolding in it, see the miracle in it, see what you've learned from it to the point where a lot of things in our past, you actually don't regret. Like you would, you would not say, you would not say, I wish I didn't go through that. Right. You, you actually, like there's this miracle that can happen in the midst of our difficult circumstances where we actually would not say, I wish that didn't happen. We actually can see God's hand so profoundly moving through that circumstance and that situation that literally it's become a part of who we are in the most beautiful way. God's taken what was broken and made it a beautiful thing. And I think that's also such a beautiful perspective when we start to think about that and what things in our life has God done that for. And I, But I do remember going through this exercise and there were a few more recent things that had happened in the timeline of when I did it and they and I didn't have a redemptive perspective on them yet. I didn't have one, but because I did the exercise and I saw God's faithfulness through so many things, it was like it built my faith to know there will be a redemptive story that comes through these ones that I, I don't know yet. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't walked it out fully to the other side, but I know because God has done it so many times before, I know he will do it again and I can trust him in that. And I think that's also such a beautiful thing. That is so beautiful. The redemptive part of God. Yeah. When God comes into the story, we invite him into this beautiful exchange. Yeah. And yeah, it does not diminish the pain. It does not diminish the circumstance or even abdicate that person, what they had done, like what had happened yeah. or whatever the situation was lend itself to. But what it does is I love that it gives a brand new, fresh narrative 
to your own voice, it actually to your own life and a voice of God to kind of redefine you as a person, redefine you and your identity and your calling and your significance in him and how he's working all things together for good. Not just the things that we think are good, all things he works together for good. And that is something, I think that's some of the greatest signs and wonders that we don't always recognize is we, we wait for the blind eyes to open. Trust me, I'm waiting for the day people to come out of wheelchairs, raised from the dead, amazing. But some of the greatest signs and wonders are exactly that when we can come from the darkest of place and see forgiveness and redemption come from that. Wow, that's only by the miraculous power of God, really. Yes, and it's so beautiful to see. So beautiful. It's so beautiful to see. So I just encourage you, if you're listening today, I know this is a little bit of a heavier topic because we don't often like to go back and reflect on sort of the darker parts of our story or the harder parts of our story. But if you've ever had the chance to do an exercise, like if you've never had the chance to do that kind of exercise, I just encourage you, take some time and do it. It's really powerful Mm. to mark down all of the things in your life that have happened that have harmed you in some way that have been difficult or painful. Rate them. Well, how painful on a scale of one to 10, just so that you can see like, okay, this was painful, but it was only a two or this was painful, but that was actually a 10. Like this was a defining moment in my life. And then actually bring God into it and go through each one and ask him, God, give me a redemptive perspective on this. What did I learn? Where were you? What did you want me to learn about who you are? What can I see out of this circumstance? And he will do it. It's beautiful. And write it down. Like, write it down. Like, this rejection happened, but I realized that my identity was not in that. This, mm. you know, and all of a sudden, every single thing, you'll you'll realize, wow, this beautiful tapestry is being built of your life, of God's faithfulness. And then those that the redemptive perspective is not there yet, you'll start to see and believe, okay, wait, if God could do it with these, I know he can do it with this. And it is it's quite, it's quite profound. It's quite profound. So I just encourage you lean, lean into that. Try it. Take some time, take some time to reflect and do that. It's a beautiful exercise. Okay. Back to our original question, Rhonda. If you had a do over, if you had a do over, what would it be? Okay. Well, I I think both of us can laugh our heads off. We probably have a recent do over. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. What do you think? What do you, what do you think I'm alluding to of our recent do over? Oh man. I know. I know. Um, (laughs) I'm not talking about that. That never happened. The recent podcast. I don't think we're talking about the potty talk. The potty talk podcast might be a do over. <laughs> I don't know. No. Maybe those listening are like, no, that was like hilarious and my favorite. Has but your some daughter, of you, has your daughter Jada listened to it yet? Not I know yet. She loves the podcast. No, so. she is going Uh-oh. to. I'll Uh-oh. know when she is. She'll be laughing her head off. She will die. Listen, we we really put ourselves out there. I'm telling you what. I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> what a bit. Were we thinking? I know what were. That's exactly. That would be the do over. <laughs> what were we thinking? I don't even know. We weren't thinking. It was too early in the morning. Oh we're like, let's just do goodness. it. We were in a must have been just a crazy mood so that day. I don't even know. Funny. I don't know. So funny, Rhonda. Just, uh, just so everyone knows, it may not last long on the podcast. <laughs> we so take it off. It calm down. <laughs> Whatever number episode that was disappeared. There's just <laughs> one missing. <Yeah>. It's <laughs> the, the gap. It's the gap one. Oh, man. Oh, Whatever. my goodness. Okay. Happens to everyone. No, it doesn't. Let's all be real. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Let's just be real. Okay. Yeah. Oh, do-overs. Oh, my goodness. There's so many that come to mind from like 10 to 1. You know, like all over the map. Right, right. Like how, okay. I would say the first one that comes to mind, but I actually have seen such a redemption from, and I, it has been one I've shared before, but when Jay went through cancer, I, if I could do a do over, 
I would actually have walked that out so much more emotionally in tune, Mm. like really, Mm. really leaned into a lot of counseling together, leaned into a lot of the hard of it. Mm. I coped with really unhealthy ways of work, of emotional detachment from fear, from absolute um, fear of Jay dying, of not knowing how to handle Mm -hmm. him being so sick. I didn't know what to do, having little kids, running a business. Like I didn't know what to do. I wasn't in full-time ministry at the time. So I just felt a little bit alone in my world too. Like I was in a very demanding world and I didn't ask for help. I let nobody in, none of my, like you, none of my friends, my parents. Like I literally closed myself off and just was like, I'm just going to make it through. And I know that was how I coped through and got through it. But if I could do a do-over, I would be at this stage of the game want to be much more emotionally engaged with Jay on every level. And I would need help doing that, but I would have, I would right now, if I could do over, get the help I needed to lean into the hard spaces of walking through illness of a significant other and with how that affects you as a caregiver, how that's affecting your spouse, how that's affecting your family. And I would have let myself go to the negative. Like we talked about the negative space. I just ran as far away as I could from it. And almost like if I run far enough from it, it's just going to get by. I'll just get through that season. But actually that season ended up being the next two years of us really having to unpack a lot of the pain of like Jay feeling alone in it. Some of like, you know, myself of great regret, great shame, feeling I was a terrible spouse. And even though we did the best we could. You don't get the manuals for that. That's the thing. There's things you that happen that you can't look at and say, I could do a do-over, yes, but that's your first time. But my mindset was perfection. My mindset was just getting through it versus I want to learn through this. I want to emotionally bond through this. I actually want to see God in this, really lean into it. So invite the Holy Spirit into the space and not do it on my own strength because my own strength actually sabotaged the very thing that my weakness would have brought the beauty in. Took me about two years to get around that. And, uh, but God's brought a beautiful redemptive journey by Jay and I be able to walk other people through to say, learn from us of how we handled it. And Jay too, like he'll be able to talk about this too. He really shut down too. He didn't know how to handle it emotionally. And so never let me into that space. So I never pushed myself. We never got the help we needed to kind of bridge that together. We both handled it very independently. And so that's been a beautiful space we've been able to help like counsel people with. And also in our own marriage, it brought us to an awareness like to deal with it, to be honest about it, to confess, to repent, to forgive one another, but also to just also acknowledge the grace that we needed to go through it, that we, we didn't, we're not going to carry that. Like somehow this expectation of you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Look what we made it through. Also to see the redemptive part of the strength of our marriage that got us through in a very difficult time, but also the grace of God that helped us to be, be aware, to allow, allow that season to turn into a new way of living as a couple. Man, that could have set us on a very different direction. And uh, God turned that, that ship around very quickly. And I'm so grateful, but it wasn't an easy ship to turn. And so I think that taught me, um, a lot. So if I could do a do over, that would be probably the first one that comes to mind. Definitely. And how about for you, Laura? It's beautiful. Yeah. That's really, really beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I know it's interesting because even as we talk about it, I, again, the story is redemptive, even yes. in the story. And, and it's like, you realize that you don't know what you don't know 
when you're in those situations. Yeah. Like yeah. you, like you, you can't know something you don't know at the time. Like you didn't, right? And so I, I can definitely relate to different seasons of my life, learning how to embrace my actual true feelings about what was going on. You know, hitting a wall in my mid thirties of like just really not dealing with a lot of things for a long time, not knowing how to. But again, I, it, there, it's not so much that I would want to have a do-over because I feel like part of what led to that, those crisis or those difficult times was also what led me to freedom yeah, through yeah, that, right? Yeah. And so it's like, it's a hard thing. But there, I do have some, I do have a couple things I would love to do over though, <laughs> that being said. Um, my children remind me of several of them all the time. So my parenting <laughs> blunders, I'll share oh. one of them. Um, but that gets reminded, aren't your kids notorious for reminding oh. you of like, where you made the mistakes one, Well, no, years? okay, let's not be truthful. Maybe the hundred <laughs> mistakes, well, the thousand <laughs> mistakes I've made, but then I've done 10 Oh, I feel 10,000 other oh, things, but totally. no. no, oh, no, no. Yeah. No, I'm no. reminded too. Laura. Sure, keeps us sure. humble. Keeps us yes. like real. So Emma likes to tell the story in our family that like my lowest point as a mother was one time when I, um, she was, <laughs> I felt like she needed to be a little bit more aware of what she was eating and how much she was eating. So <laughs> she was going to get a bowl of cereal and, um, she got the cereal out and I said, Oh, I said like, let's look at what the cereal box says, like a serving of cereal is. And then, and then it said it was a half a cup. So I took that measuring cup out of a half a cup and I poured it into a half a cup and put it into a bowl. I said, this is what the box says is a serving of cereal. And I, th I was just like doing it in a really light, <laughs> helpful, like I was trying to be helpful <laughs> and like, I wasn't trying oh. to shame her, but little did I notice that her like super, super, I mean like uber skinny brother that never eats was eating a bowl of cereal that was piled like heaping over the top oh. right beside her. And she, she like, that was like a public shaming for her. Like oh. she thought I literally public fat shamed her. She and literally stormed off crying. She was so upset oh. and she's never let me forget it. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't really I wasn't trying to be offensive. I was not helpful <laughs> was, at all. So that's a joke. That's a, so if I had that to do, I wish I could do that over again because I genuinely did hurt her in that moment. I didn't know that that was going to hurt her like that, but it did. And then now it's become a family joke and it is just a joke now. But, but at the same time, right? Like you do these things as parents oh. and you think you're, you're being helpful or doing the right thing, but what you do actually inflicts like real pain or insecurity or something. And you're like, what? I, I genuinely like, I, I was I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Or you're like, you genuinely are trying to help them or you're genuinely afraid that they're going to become something that they're not meant to be or that they, so, do, yeah. Or like that you know, they don't want to be either. Yeah. Like I can relate to that. That was one example that one of my daughters shared something with me and she was, really upset and like okay and I don't want to diminish I'm going to be very honest I don't want to diminish she had a bunch of friends that were really struggling with a lot of anxiety and up until this point there really hadn't been now I didn't know as much as I know now yes. okay yes so I didn't know how much internally yeah she was stuffing a lot like myself okay stuffing a lot of her internal like yeah. perfectionism drivers yeah. and it was making her super anxious so she starts to confide in me like that she's like got anxiety, mm -hmm. like she's got actually diag yeah. is diagnosing herself because now there's Google. So right, right. she's Googling every symptom that she has right. and she's a young teen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, 
that's pretty much every like yeah. so many young teens feel like this but now she's starting to identify herself like this is actually this is who i am who i am and i just did not like i was like no you're not you don't have that you're and i literally did not lean into that space to this day she tells me that like she'll be like mom like you remember that time and i'm like right. oh my goodness right. but i remember that it was out of this fear like I don't want you now to take something yeah. on. There's a difference of feeling anxious and there's a difference of like, I actually struggle with anxiety. Like I have anxiety. Yeah. They are, there There are, we all feel anxiety. We all feel it. But there's there's areas yeah. in people's lives that they literally, it's a journey of healing and walk and its own, its own individual yeah. journey. But she was taking on one of her closest friends journey as right. her own now right right and was literally meshing like becoming and she's at that tender age so my own fear jumped in instead right. of saying you know what let's get you to some counseling just get you to some redefine how to handle yeah. some of this i hear you how are you feeling no i jumped right into like no you're not you are not that you are going to be fine you need to just and I, that's the worst i look back i'm like what yeah. was i doing it was really like i don't want you to become something that i recognize you're almost taking on that may not be yours if it is we will walk that open at that time i got in the way of some of a really honest conversation that needed to happen it's it's okay but it really is something that i had to learn as a parent right because as when we grew up we were not at all invited into the space of acknowledging any type of negative emotion and it, our parents never did no their parents went through war and yeah. it was like oh my goodness a whole different situation right so i never knew what to do with it and it, it scared me it scared me because i went from one extreme to the, the next not recognizing oh this is just a journey to walk her through i just was like i don't know how so that was i was ill-equipped for yes. that conversation and i probably should have just kept my mouth shut and be like tell me more right right ask the that's questions. what i've learned yes. the do-over would be tell me more tell me more tell me more about tell that more. yeah exactly that would be my do-over versus yes. no you're not yes. you're not i don't want you to feel that out of my like i don't want you to yes. struggle i want to take that pain away and totally. it came across in the most terrible way yeah. of i've learned a lot through that totally. i still mess up in that area sometimes i'll be honest it's so funny, right? Because right? as moms, like I, I know we never mean to, but we can be real shamers. Yeah, it's like, true. We can be real shamers. Like just, just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to my kids about all getting time off work to go back on a trip home to celebrate my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. And one of my kids was like, I really, it's Black Friday weekend. Like, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to get it off. Like I just got this new job and da, 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 da. And like, instead of saying to them, okay, <laughs> I didn't think of this after the fact, but I, it was kind of making me mad in the moment. And instead of just saying like what I could have said, what I should have said is, you know what, let's pray about it. Like, because they were stressed that their boss wasn't going to give it to them off. So I should have said, let's pray that you'll have favor with your boss and you'll be able to get the weekend off. That would have been a great thing to say. But instead, what I said is all your grandmother wants for her 50th wedding anniversary <laughs> is for you to be there. <laughs> totally laid the guilt trip on so oh, hard man. and afterwards i was like like literally lori why like why if that's not gonna make it any easier and if they don't get the if they don't get the request accepted then now they're just gonna feel like an absolute now they're failing their whole family like either ruining the entire celebration like i was like oh 
what? So anyway, I went back afterwards and apologized oh, and just said, I've done that I too didn't mean that. Oh. Like that, I should not have said that, you know. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. I'm like, wow. Okay, but let's still, be. Right? Yeah. Still. Yeah. Like this is like just. This is so I'm like, wow, Lori. Okay, but let's be truthful, okay? <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to take off some ownership. But I'm telling you, my my kids can do that too. They can shame us too. Oh, do you ever get sure. the guilt? Like, fine, mom, sure. Like, I have a day off and you can't even go out. I'm like, what? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna back. just like say, listen, we're not just keeping <laughs> it on one side here. It goes both ways. But yes, as parents, we sh- I feel like I should know better because my brain has fully develop but i don't even know maybe that's questionable too (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it has after so many years of parenting i am still and honestly it's my first time parenting every phase it's true yeah like every phase i'm like like you're learning every phase and we're all evolving too so even where our marriage my children we're also evolving not we're changing everybody yes everyone's changing and readjusting and mm-hmm. different situations bring out different things so you're constantly navigating that mm-hmm. so i think this is so mm-hmm. incredible that it is actually part of the tension of life mm-hmm. i don't think i think we're not ever going to get away from mm-hmm. regrets mm-hmm. or that we're not going to do it right but i mm-hmm. love 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 the narrative that it is not about perfection it's about a training it's about say okay i didn't do that great that time i'm going to own it and bring some emotional intimacy too with my family to say I didn't do that well yeah and I want to recognize but I'm going to learn from it I'm not just going to be like well that's just how I am no that that's actually not ownership I want to change I want to set the example that I'm willing to change Mm -hmm. and willing to recognize if something hurts somebody that I have to change even if it came from a great place Mm -hmm. like for example we had this conversation the other day there is a phrase in our family that our children have come to like loathe probably two <laughs> and it comes from a really great place okay two of them that we say that now it's like if we say it i promise they're gonna start twitching like literally is bringing this like please don't ever say this like the power of the spoken word okay so you know i really believe in that the power yes. of our words yes yes but when someone is sharing something and they're really venting or and you're like listen the or power- they're genuinely like <laughs> expressing how they feel about something yeah. or and maybe this is a way of like stopping the conversations, like the power of the spoken word, like, come on. And they're like, seriously, would you, you cannot say that because it makes them feel that there's not a they safe place. Honest. They can't be honest. And also, but it comes from a place for us saying, speak life over your destiny. Like there is a greater space of speaking into, but that's not how it's received. So we have to recognize that maybe that's a mantra we live by right that i actually hear that and it empowers me but actually when i share that with them <laughs> it doesn't have the same effect so okay so i though yeah. have to recognize that yeah. that is not empowering them to right. actually change a direction of thinking even by one percent it does for me but it doesn't for them so there will be that or it's we're the corto family they just want to twitch when they hear that. Oh like this is how we goodness. do it. Oh, like this is the Corto awesome. family. Like this is how we have chosen. For me, that takes great. Like, yes, I'm part of something. Take pride in. Yeah. This is what we're part of. Like, yes, are, yes. That this is how we, we have decided to live as a family. No, that's not really how they feel. They're not empowered by this statement. They literally feel like that's not how I see it. Like that's how you see it. But that's not. Okay, well, if that is not actually how it makes us, Jay and I feel or how we feel yeah. when we've heard that in our lives, then we have to be like to say that's not helpful. 
And so I've got to let go of how I think is helping them to recognize, no, that's not mm-hmm. helping them. Mm-hmm. So we were laughing about that the other day. I was like, you know what? Taken, that's point taken. Yeah. So those are things. I know we've gone from regret, but you recognize regret can even come from the best of places. Right, right. And all of a sudden yes. you're like, wow, that's actually hurt you. Yeah. That's actually not been helpful for you. And it's actually making you separate from me. Well, that that's not where I want this direction to go. So you know what? What would, how would, tell me how I can speak into your life. And sometimes it's a matter of, I don't have that space in that, in that way right. for them. And right. it's They're okay. not looking for that from They're me. not looking for mm-hmm. it in this. Mm-hmm. That is not what I need to do. So yeah. interesting things you learn, regret that maybe you don't even realize you're going to have regrets about. Right. So there's regrets yeah. you have before you even open your mouth that you know you're going to regret <laughs> it. You say it. There's regrets you have after first time going through something and recognizing. There's regrets you have because honestly, you're not perfect and we're just learning as we go. And then there's regrets to say like, wow, I didn't even know that you felt that way. And here I'm like thinking I'm doing something super helpful and it's actually been really detrimental. And this has been going on for a while. Thank you for telling me, but man, now I have after regret what is remorse the follow remorse like yes oh wow like wow i've been saying that and saying that and this has been the the effect oh gosh so i think this is really an incredible conversation but it's got lots of nuances to it no it it does it does but i love like because what i keep hearing even just as you're describing it both of us is like the taking responsibility, like the taking ownership for which part you have power over. You actually don't have power over how someone else is going to hear what you say, but you do have power over what you say. So if you find out that that's not effective, then that is something that you can change. And I love that. Like that's the empowerment of this question and this conversation. So for me, my bigger do over. So those were like some of the little and the everyday and sort of the living out. But I think one of the bigger do overs, if I had something to do over again, and this is definitely like on a larger scale for sure, would be, um, you know, when we had the opportunity to merge with the what was formerly Canada Pentecostal Church and um, and have it become Life Center Canada, it was like such an exciting and of course unknown journey we had never merged with another church before this was something brand new and this was something that wasn't really happening that much in the world it was happening a little bit but there wasn't a lot of information about it there wasn't a lot of support we just followed a whisper of the holy spirit and both us and the pastor there at the time really felt like we were supposed to do it and you know the response was unanimous and we merged together and planted like 100 150 people into this campus and life began like literal life began in such a beautiful way in this church body but it didn't come without its challenges there was definitely challenges I mean we merged with a former church that had been together for a long time and so there was a constant sort of sense of like us and them and working towards unity together and all of that and after a number of years of um, working together their bonds were formed and we just loved it and you know we did our best to work along side by side but the leader there had sort of sort of begun to speak to Jay and I and and not not super directly a little bit indirectly but about you know some of the the type of leadership that we have here at Life Center and the growth mindset like the push for always wanting to see life and growth and you know like what that looks like and how you do that how you lead that you know it just wasn't 
like mixing with his style of leadership. And it was really, again, you're talking about here, you're speaking words, but what somebody's hearing is actually crushing them. Like it's actually a weight that they were never meant to carry and, and began to, you know, and so there, there was some regret there. Anyways, the result ended up with a split. The result ended up with, you know, that leader taking a bunch of people and leaving the church. And I think if I had a do-over in that season, I wished that Jason and I would have been able to listen differently and see the signs or recognize what this leader was actually going through and really be able to empathize with that and really getting being able to get into his space. And if I had it to do over again, the dream that I would have would be that not necessarily that that church wouldn't have I don't like to use the word split, but what if it could have multiplied and become another expression that didn't have the same sort of requirements, but also didn't have to just leave relationship, leave fellowship? Like, could there have been a way that we could have worked together to have, again, another aspect of a networking, a support network, something, something that, um, you know, again, now that's only our side of the equation and maybe they never would have wanted that. I don't know. And and I, I don't have agency on the other side, but I definitely have some regrets and I wish if we could have done it over that that could have been the result. And I think that could have been a beautiful expression of the body of Christ, although that would have been the more difficult path probably. Um, well, no, no. I love that expression, choose your heart both of those paths would have been hard and this path was extremely hard like extremely painful and extremely hard but uh, that path would have been hard too but I I I would have liked the result better Mm. so anyways it's restored now and you know we are have relationship with lots of those people still and all like all of that it's it's not in a bad place or anything like that but but the yeah if I had a do-over it would be around that and I wish that there could have been some I wish we could have worked together. I wish we could have somehow made maybe something that doesn't make sense and has never been done before, but I wish we could have explored that together and what that looked like and seen if maybe, yeah, that, that could have worked differently. Well, I thank you for sharing that, Laura. Yeah. No, we've shared some pretty transparent yeah. from funny to more serious to everyday stuff of parenting and marriage and relational like yeah. all of us whether whatever relationships you find yourself in yeah it's all of it kind of intermixed together and so we just encourage you i think once again to go back to that conversation if we were talking about the regrets but to look back at the redemptive purpose and some of those spaces i love that exercise that you gave to take some time to write out some of those from those minimal feelings of pain yeah. to the really big big the big the deeper ones. yeah the big ones to write them all out and to just say like how oh god the redemptive parts and there's going to be some that are still yet to be written so and we're still writing some as we go like it's <laughs> it's not going to be more to come, more to come. <laughs> and so i think this is just an encouragement to say we're all in this together the only one that is perfect is jesus but the beautiful thing is he's working in these stories for a greater purpose but there's an exchange of ownership that we need to engage in. And as we do, that's a beautiful fruit that God just keeps to grow as he prunes and molds us with ownership and accountability. It actually brings greater intimacy and greater fruit in our relationships and our relationship with him and the way we live our lives. And so just be encouraged today. You're not alone, but God's writing a story and it's, it's a good story. He works all things together for good. It's a good story. He does. does. And so that's a great question. 
If you, if there was something you could do over, if you had to do over, what would it be? And I, I encourage you, ask it around your dinner table. Ask a friend. Ask your mom. You ask a parent. Ask this question. You'll probably get some really, really interesting answers. So yeah, we just encourage you take this question into your life and see what people are are talking about. Have a great day.